Stretch Four NBA Podcast with your hosts, Dan Titus and NBA experts, Alex Burns, Zach Hanshu, and Adam Koffler. What up? What's good, NBA fans? Dan Titus here with the Stretch Four Podcast. It's now one week away from the fantasy playoffs. We've made it, guys. And hopefully you've taken some of our suggestions. you put yourself in a great position to be in playoff mode. But if you haven't and you're still trying to fight for that spot, we got some really good recommendations coming for you. We're going to go over a brief recap of what happened last week. Make sure you guys are eyeing the right players, the right schedule parameters, you know, because there's going to be a lot of implications of what players you want to select based off the matchups. And then we'll get into some other stuff. You know, obviously there was uh, some information that came out over the course week between Paul Pierce getting canned by ESPN, the death of DMX. But yeah, let's get into it, guys. What's up? How you feeling today? Feeling well, great, my man. I mean, if you really want to be be technical, I'm, I'm not feeling too good because Victor Oladipo is uh, injured once again. We don't know what happened, but he's being reevaluated by the Heat. Uh, just after acquiring him, I was so excited. And you know what? He was just starting to play good. I don't know if you watched that Laker game, but the first half, he had a, a big dunk, and he actually got injured on a dunk. Yeah. Just completely. He like doesn't. He's, he's there's always something with him. He he doesn't know how to like land correctly. Had like he just yeah. landed from a dunk and came down and hyperextended his knee. It's like the dude dude's always got something going on. I actually, don't think it happened on the way down. I think it happened on on mm-hmm. the way up. Because he was yeah. starting to grab on his knee as he was coming on off the rim, oh, but, okay. uh, but either way, he, doctors have said he's going to be out for four games. So I'm not banking on him in the fantasy playoffs. To be honest, that looks like that's going to be a drop candidate. Unfortunately, well, honestly, well, let me say because like as a fan of the Heat, the doctors and the team they're always super vague when it comes to injuries. They never give any information out. So they just said he's going to not join them on the road trip. So that equates to four games. I don't know if this dude returns. I mean, usually when the Heat do not, you know, release a report about a player's injury or or what happened, it's usually a bad sign. So, like, if it was something minor and, oh, he just tweaked his knee, he'll be back in a couple games, like, they would tell you that. So, I'm a little worried as a Heat fan. I I wouldn't say drop him yet until you maybe hear something more concrete, but but I agree with you. This is probably going to be a guy that we're dropping in the next couple of days. He's a drop right now, man. Really? Yeah, I think even if you're even if you're safely in contention for the fantasy playoffs, I, to me, it's just a wasted roster spot for some more uh, upside plays. Like you mentioned, dude, they're being kind of vague on his injury status right now. Mm. I don't know. I don't want to clog my roster up with that spot right now. For me, he's a drop. Oh yeah, if you don't have a if you don't have an IR spot, and he, I don't even think he's on the IR yet, so it takes it take. I know it takes Yahoo a few days to get there with with some guys being out. He's actually able to be on IR spot because I I traded for him earlier in the season, so I was actually pretty happy to see that they okay. were so swift in being able to put him on IR. Yeah, right, right. But either way, man, it's just it's just very disheartening for a guy that just couldn't seem to get healthy or have some kind of it was between rest and injury all season with this guy, and just extremely frustrating for fantasy. Let's uh, get into some schedule discussion. So we have only a, a few teams that have three games next week. You know, last week we paid a lot of attention to Detroit. We were focusing on Ahamadou Diallo. He didn't really do much. You know, oh. I think he's caught up in a log jam of a lot of those wing players and the heavy rotation, deep rotation. And so if there are Detroit Pistons that you're gunning for, who are you eyeing? I got one in mind. I'll let you guys go first, and if someone happens to say it, that's okay. Uh, I really hate what they're doing in Detroit. Um, but they're, they've got so many guys. They've got like four point guards. Corey Joseph's now getting minutes. 
Dennis Smith, Saban Lee. They got, they've got so many guys. Jeremy Grant hasn't seen 30 minutes in like seven games. I know they've played in some blowouts, but that's the state of the Pistons, right? They're going to be playing in games that they're going to get blown out because they suck. So Jeremy Grant's minutes are on the, on the decline. Obviously, like you're not dropping Jeremy Grant. I think he's dealing with some sort of injury right now, though. He's, he's missed, uh, he missed the game. He's missing uh, Saturday night's game as well. He's already been ruled out. The Pistons don't excite me. The rotation doesn't excite me. Uh, Burns, who's your guy? It's probably going to be Dan's guy, but I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I love Isaiah Stewart. This is a guy that me that too. I, I touted him, man. Me too. So that, that was the guy. That yeah, was the guy. I love him. And, and even if you look at his minutes, so if you look at the beginning of uh, his rookie season, so he started off the year he was averaging around 16 minutes per game. Next month it goes up. Uh, well, excuse me, he was averaging about 19 minutes a game. Then it goes up to 19.2, 20.9 minutes last month. And then this month he's averaging 25 minutes a game. And Plumlee's been healthy for some of the games that he's seen, you know, 25 plus minutes in. Plumlee's in the concussion protocol right now. The league has to clear him before he returns. But honestly, I think down the stretch, it would be smart for Detroit to give him just as much run as Mason Plumlee, if not even more as he's a rookie. I think he's going to be a really good player, like in a dynasty uh, mindset. Like I'm trying to add him. I actually went to our, one of our dynasty leagues today, trying to add him. Um, and obviously he's taken, but this guy's awesome. And he's even producing with Plumlee on the court. So I would add him. I think he's going to get some, some more run. If he can flirt with 30 minutes a game, he's going to put up monster stats. Totally agree, man. I think that that's a, that's a great call. And over the last seven days, man, this guy's been a beast currently ranking 64 overall, just putting up great stats, man. And uh, you know, they, fortunately the Detroit Pistons had a five game schedule this week. You know, this is really a play for me as a, as going into the playoffs, you know, like up and up until the next week, they're only going to play three games. So that's going to be, you're not going to get the most out of, out of Stewart there. But you know, if you have this guy going into the first round, second round, it's going to be extremely valuable for you because the Pistons aren't going to be playing. They're already started to rest Jeremy Grant. Wouldn't be surprised if they're resting Mason Plumley. So here's, here's something to keep in mind. And, and I find this pretty interesting. And I think this is a really, really strategic way of thinking about fantasy. You talk about the Pistons and I, and I talked about the fact that they have a log jam at the guard position, but guess what? They, guess where they don't have a log jam at center and power forward. Right? So Isaiah Stewart's one of those guys that's young guy. They want to see what he's got. And he's not competing with a ton of guys for minutes. So that's a guy, that's a guy I'm looking at, right? Cause, cause he's going to play regardless of what, like Burns said, regardless of if Mason Plumlee's playing or not. So that's a guy I'm looking at. And then on that same note, another guy I'm looking at uh, along those same lines is a guy like Jaden McDaniels from the Hornets. So Dave McDaniels was plugged into the starting lineup by James Borrego a couple games ago when Gordon Hayward went down. And guess what? He's got nobody to compete with for minutes. So he's played 31 minutes the past two games. He's put up 19.5 points and a variety of stats across the board. And his head coach continues to praise him. And did you guys know the Hornets are the fourth seed in the East? That is absolutely insane. So they're, they're actually a solid team, which makes no sense to me. I don't know. They've had a ton of injuries. LaMelo Ball is out for the rest of the season. Gordon Hayward's out for the rest of the season. So they're going to try to stay afloat here. But I've been asked about Jaden McDaniels a ton. A couple of days ago, he was 1% rostered. Now he's like 25% rostered. Get ahead of the curve and pick up, pick up Jalen McDaniels of the Hornets. I think that's a great point, man. And just real quick back to Stewart, because I, I love that call as well. Stewart hadn't been playing quite as much as some of these other guys throughout the whole season. Top five in rookie win shares. Thought I would point that out. But as far as McDaniels, dude, great call. I know we touted Miles Bridges last week, and it's been 
you know, it's been a little uh, disconcerting to see McDaniel's kind of coming into his own recently. But Bridges is still not a guy that you want to that you want to get rid of. Last night he went for twenty six seven and four with two block, and McDaniel's also had a good game. So these two guys can coexist, right? Oh, one hundred for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, if anybody is, you know, worrying about Miles Bridges right now because McDaniels is starting to emerge, definitely something to uh, pump the brakes on, not something to to get worried about at all. Both can get theirs. Keep an eye on two things. One is rotations and minutes and how many guys are playing on that team. Another is coach speak. And it's, it's you know, listening to – it's going on Twitter and, you know, looking at – what Charlotte Hornets beat writers are talking about the coach saying about a certain player, you plug Jalen McDaniels in right for a game. And like, you know, the Hornets lose by 30 and all of a sudden the next game they go to, they go back to Bismack Biombo at center. Right. Then it's like, okay, it's a flash in the pan. I could probably get rid of this guy. But, but James Borrego has been like hyping him up and saying like, we're going to give him run. I like Jalen putting pressure on me to play him and a number of other guys. So, but Jalen's a great example of hard work and his commitment to development Love his size, his versatility. Thought he had an excellent game tonight. And that's not just tonight. He's had a a very, very good camp. You know, defensively, shooting the ball, making plays off the bounce, rebounding. He's a versatile wing four for us as well. You know, he can play both forward positions. So um, I hope he continues to put pressure on me to play him. So listen to that, especially because Gordon Hayward's going to be out for the next three or four weeks. So that's when your fantasy playoffs are. So as long as this guy's starting, he's absolutely worthy of a roster spot. Yeah, agreed. We're still talking about big men. Might as well take it to Orlando. I think Mo Bamba has landed in a, an amazing spot. Wasn't really seeing the floor much, but I think after this Vucevic trade, a lot of the stars have been aligning for him between injuries to the front court. And then just also, I think just wanted to see him, what he has, you know, with Orlando clearly out of playoff contention, they're playing a lot of players, especially their young players. So Cole Anthony just recently returned to the lineup. I think he's somebody that's probably going to get more run than like a Michael Carter Williams, but Mo Bamba looks like he's in a good spot here. And just some stats real quick. I mean, he's been seen in just 25, less than 25 minutes per game. He's putting up damn near double doubles, 19 and eight in his first contest, 14 and six in his next one gives you plenty of defensive metrics that are going to be really good and valuable as you get to the fantasy playoffs. And the Orlando Magic played four games this week upcoming and then three games in the first week of the playoffs, but still worthy of, a, of an add to me just for the upside of what he could potentially provide. Are we dropping Moses Brown for Mo Bamba right now after an underwhelming week? You, you can't because Moses yep. Brown is still the starter. Agreed. And, and, uh, Steve Clifford of the Magic is still unwilling to uh, put Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba on the floor at the same time. I, and I screamed that from the rooftops a couple of days ago on Twitter. I wish those two guys would play next to each other. And I don't really see why they can't because Mo Bamba actually can step out and shoot the three. Right. He, mm-hmm. he's, hit two, he's hit two or three threes in his last three games, I believe. And he's mm-hmm. also blocking a ton of shots. You know how valuable that is in fantasy basketball in a head-to-head league? That's like what Chris Porzingis does for you. Obviously, Chris mm-hmm. Porzingis is much better than Mo Bamba because he gets the minutes. But if you could you imagine Mo Bamba on the floor for like 30, 35 minutes? He, he put up like ridiculous stats. Bro, Dude, he's like the post, he's the poster child for the stretch four, man. Like seriously. <laughs> that's why we, we named the stretch four after Mo Bamba. 
<laughs> Bamba. He's like a stretch five, right? He's huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like seven feet tall. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but at this point, if you're running like two seven footers next to each other, it's like one of them's got to give. Calling him uh, stretch four. Callford, your point, man. Five blocks and five threes in his last two games, dude. So, I mean, he's like the he's the the three and D center, right? I mean, and so. let's and Wendell Carter's not the poster child for health either, guys. Right? Nope. I mean, I know I know Bamba's not, but both those guys are highly rosterable players right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I should have prefaced too. That was a question I got on Twitter. Somebody asking if they should drop. Moses Brown after an underwhelming week for Mo Bamba. And, and honestly, I was trying to go back into your point, Adam, uh, of like, look at, follow the breadcrumbs, right? Moses Brown, they, they're resting Al Horford for the rest of the season. They're giving this guy, they just gave him an extension. Follow that. So they're not going to sit him. He's going to get the minutes and he's going to produce. Dude had like 20 rebounds in one half, like a week ago. <laughs> and Tony Bradley, Tony Bradley's been on like six teams in the last two weeks, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. They're not, they're not trying to develop Tony Bradley. <laughs> The reason why Tony Bradley's playing is because the Thunder have been blown out. And yeah. and while that can continue, you'd like to think that Moses Brown will get more of the run, right? So yeah. yeah. Let me ask though, so if you're being hurt in rebounds and uh in threes, I mean, is it is it that out of the question to pick up Bomba for I, I mean, because he's giving you non-traditional stats for a big man. Is that something that it depended on your team build? Would it be out of the question? For Moses? Yeah, for yeah, me, Moses' ceiling is this way higher. Like, look what mm-hmm. he did the first couple of games. Like, I, if if it's between those two, I have to go with Moses for now. I just, you know, yeah. but but somebody asked me, like, you know, Mo Bamba or, like, it was actually, actually it was it was, it was Dylan McDaniels or, like, Tomas Sadoransky. And, and I looked at his roster and it had, like, Chris Paul, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, had all these guys that get, like, kind of assists. And I was like, dude, you need to drop Sadoransky. I know he gets a lot of assists, but that's like really all Sadoransky does for you. Yeah. And Jalen McDaniels is going to provide stats across the board. So you have to like, in a head-to-head league, especially you need to weigh like, okay, like McDaniels is going to be able to get me a variety of stats. Sadoransky's only going to get me assists. And I might be winning assists by a hundred assists a week. So you can drop that player, right? So you have to consider what's on your roster in terms of making additions. But I'm actually going to turn this over to Adam because I saw what you wrote in our Slack channel earlier this afternoon, and or maybe it was even late last night. This is super good. I know Isaiah Hartenstein has been some guy that you have kind of touted, and we've talked about Mason Plumley at length on this podcast. Mason Plumley is somebody that I've loved. He's been a, a top 100 guy in cat leagues. And uh, there could be a mile or Mason Plumley replacement sitting on your waiver wire. In fact, there is because he's eight percent rostered. And I want and I want to hear about Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, man, Isaiah Hartenstein. Ready? Ten points, sixty percent shooting from the field, nine point six rebounds, and three point four assists in five games with the Cavaliers. Those are the same exact numbers Mason Plumley has put up this season. And Mason Plumley's been touted as like this top fifty head to head, you know, guy in head to head category leagues. So. Isaiah Hardenstein, uh, definitely got to pick up uh, Jarrett Allen. Cavs are like very, uh, they're being very cavalier about uh, his status with the concussion. So it's hey. they're being, <laughs> they're being very uh, uh, mysterious about what's going on with uh, Jarrett Allen. They're also out of the playoff race. I could definitely see Jarrett Allen being a guy that they don't rush back. So for that reason, I, I think that Hardenstein's definitely an add for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm and, confused and, why they're, they're actually running with Kevin Love and Larry yeah. Nance is supposed to be returning, but like I don't think that that's going to be. Yeah, that, that's, loves, not gonna be that's not going to stick, right? So Love's going to get shut down, man. What Love are you doing? Like, 
what are they doing with love out there, dude? I watched a Cavs game the other day and it's like, he plays like 25 minutes. He doesn't get it. He doesn't do it. T- I mean, he, he's productive because he's really good at getting rebounds, but I mean, like, right. what are they doing? Like a young team. It's the same. It's, Kevin the, love. it's the same thing. Like what are the magic doing with like James Ennis and, and, yeah. uh, and Gary Harris on the floor? Like, like run Chuma, run Bamba, run even Carter Williams yeah. and Cole Anthony. Like, Stop running these bums. You're not going to be on your team next year. And look at the, the Oklahoma city thunder. Like they're awful this year. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're stocking up with picks. Their GM is smart. He knows how to you know build for the future. And look, they're resting Al Horford. They're not playing Al Horford. Why? Because that would clog up Moses Brown's production and be able to, you know, give him that experience. Yeah. There's just some cultures just know how to do things and some don't. I mean, that's the, that's the main point, you know, as we're getting here to the, the final weeks of the season, it's really about identifying the tanking teams and which, which young players have the best opportunity to get on the floor. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, many of the people that we've been talking about over the course of the last two weeks are in those scenarios. So the thunder, the pistons, the list, the list goes on, but just wanted to bring up real quick. So for next week, we have several teams that only have three games, the Atlanta Hawks, the Boston Celtics, the Cavs, Denver nuggets, pistons, bucks, Sixers, and Portland trailblazers. So all those teams, like if you're on the bubble, you need to make sure you've targeted a team that has at least four games. So you're going to have to be kind of swift and, and diligent with your waiver priorities, but uh, make sure that you get those extra games in. Cause they're, they're definitely going to matter. Remember we talked about uh, Seth Curry on the Sixers as a drop last week. He was terrible in, in only three games last week. Yeah. So, right. You know, Miller drop- wasn't much better. Yeah. Because Sixers are running 10 guys right now with Embiid on the floor. Yep. So, so actually I want to make a point regarding schedule. And I think this is, this goes uh, kind of this. This isn't really something that that people look at very often, but I think it's really important. So the NBA tends to load up with games on like Wednesdays and Fridays, or Wednesdays and Saturdays, and like you know, twenty four of the thirty teams will play on a Wednesday. So the problem with that is, especially if you're looking for guys to pick up, you're probably going to have guys on your bench that are playing in a game. So you're not maximizing the amount of games that your team has that week. Cause you might have two or three guys on the bench. And I hate when that happens, especially if there's no injuries and stuff. If you're a good team and like your, your team is rolling and your team's not hurt, yada, yada. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have guys that are, that are playing in the game. that are on the bench and you don't want that. So you want to look at, you want to look at the hashtag basketball advanced schedule grid. Cause it's going to tell you exactly, you know, when the teams play, look at it, look at a team that has four games and doesn't play on a Wednesday. Those are, those are key. But the problem with that is you're going to have some back-to-backs there because Wednesday obviously breaks up the schedule in terms of back-to-backs. But if, if you're talking about guys that are you know, young guys in playoff races on playoff teams in playoff races, they're not going to rest those guys. So I like, I like guys in situations like that. So definitely keep that in mind when you're looking at the schedule. Yeah, I love that call, man. That's a that's a very savvy way of managing, especially as you're getting towards the end of the week there. That Friday, Saturday, back to back, like you you might as well maximize. If you guys dudes that aren't gonna play, you, you might as well play for that Sunday game, get yourself an extra game there because you weren't gonna use them anyway. So give yourself the flexibility. That somebody in one of my fantasy leagues just dropped Darius Garland. Yeah, that's a mistake. Scoop him up. And I just want to say for everybody listening, I just picked him up and I dropped Lori Markinen. Smart because Lori Markin is playing like 18 minutes a game, especially mm-hmm. with Vooch there. Markin's value has, and I, like I said many times on this pod, I've been a Markin truther. I've, I have a lot of shares of him every single year. I'm waiting for that breakout year. I'm done. I'm getting off the train. Um, is that, is that a 10 team league? 
Uh, 12. Wow. Somebody dropped. Yeah, I should have said that too. <laughs> Darius Garland Ooh. was just dropping it. And he just like posted 21 points last night, if I'm not mistaken. Who has he dropped for? Let me see. Hold on. It better have hey, been man, like Jalen McDaniels, man. <laughs> I, w- I wish I was in that league, man. Me and Koffler are in a very competitive league, man, where there's just like nothing on the waivers. Like I picked up, like- I picked up Jalen McDaniels when he was zero percent rostered. Yeah, it was. Uh, he actually was just dropped. Uh, the person didn't add anybody. He must. Oh, he, he must. Oh, oh, are you he ready for this? IR. Oh, no, he dropped him for Demarcus Cousins. Oh. Cousins. <laughs> He's living. He's living in the past, man. Um, he's living. This is twenty fourteen. If if Jesus. we're on, but but as long as we're on the topic of of ads and drops, I think most leagues have a limit on those per week. I know my league has five. Make sure you're not using them all up at the beginning of the week. I found myself in this pickle uh, one or two times before, especially if you're in a competitive matchup. And, uh, you know, towards the end of the week, you're in need of a certain category to get you over the top. Yeah. And then you're sitting there and like, you know, you can't make an ad to get like one or two more blocks. Right. But at the same time, you want to, you want to like weigh, you know, for example, I picked up a guy like Edmund Sumner, uh, last yeah. week when, when brought right or this week, when Brogdon was missing a couple games, total mistake. Dude does nothing, right? He's a starter, but he does nothing. What a wasted ad. And I did it on like, a, I did it on Monday because I thought I was being like slick because the Pacers played four games. Don't get sucked <laughs> into the, don't get sucked into the fact that just because a team plays four or five games that you want that guy on a Monday, right? Like, like chase the upside, not necessarily just the number of games. Would you say, uh, would you say take a cold shower and sleep on it before, uh, before making that Sumner ad next time? Yeah. <laughs> Adam thought he was doing something. <laughs> but the, the pay, it's, cra- it's crazy because the Pacers, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if Sumner was starting, they still give Aaron Holiday mad minutes. And then you got TJ McConnell, who's like extremely productive. Who's like talk about a the, deep talk about a deep team, man. Yeah, like he's just the de facto like starter to me now. Like he's still getting nine dimes in like 20 minutes. Like McConnell's between, play is just but, ridiculous. But, between both holidays. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell, and their bench yeah. is so deep. But it's again, it's the guards. So yeah, you can still Sabonis is still going to fry. Turner when he's when he's healthy is still going to get his minutes. But it it really does affect Brogdon. Like I loved Brogdon early in the season. Obviously, you're not like dropping Brogdon, but but Brogdon's been affected by all those guys playing more minutes. Uh, so going to switch to another guy that I like. I just actually picked him up in, in a competitive league yesterday reggie jackson has now found a starting role i believe with patrick beverly out with a fractured wrist and then also yeah there's not much depth this is rondo to compete with he got 30 minutes last night scored 26 points four boards seven assists dropped six threes i think this guy's going to be pretty pretty uh, convenient and helpful for you in the final two weeks may not be a long-term thing but I, I don't know, man. Reggie, every time I pick him up off of waivers, man, he's he's productive. So it's the really, guy that I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get I'm him. really proud of I'm really proud of myself on this Reggie Jackson call. Touted him on the Rotoballer premium DFS sheet the other night when uh, when when Dan after Dan picked him up. I said that either Paul George or Kawhi was gonna sit on the second night of a back to back. That's always the case. They were playing the Clippers were playing three games in four nights. And they were playing the Rockets. Like, there's no need for both of those guys to play in that situation. And guess 100%. what? The Clippers have three or four back-to-backs for the rest of the season. 
So Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson is at least going to get three or four starts in there for the rest of the season. So, so I agree. I agree with Reggie Jackson. I'm also in on Terrence Mann. Hey, because yep. because Rondo Rondo's not. I mean, he rested after he rested after playing 19 minutes. Like Rondo's not the answer, right? <laughs> Well, it's just like, you know, Rondo was acquired for playoff Rondo. Same where they they tooled up for that for the long haul, not to get him playing against some bums. That's why you have the youth in Terrence Mann and you can throw out the depth of Reggie Jackson. Like they're cool playing Reggie Jackson against bums because they know that he can handle it. That's that's right. Absolutely. Target I want. And for the Clippers, most of the teams that they play are bums. If if Reggie Jackson's not scoring 20 points, I, I mean, how valuable is he to your team? He put up 48.5 DraftKings points last night. He did a lot. Like he did a lot. I ain't talking about DK points, man. I'm talking about. I mean, he scored scored 20, uh, 22 of his last three, and he's getting. What did he shoot? He, uh, what, last night? field goal. Yeah, his field goal percentage was high. Yeah, he shot 10 for 14. Yeah, that's that's legit. Seven rebounds, rebounds, two steals. Buckets, man. But I mean, again, his usage is so high. Again, like he's not going to do that when George is back, but but he's no, a good ad, right. yeah. But but here, here's the thing, right? So imagine the Clippers play on a Wednesday, right? And Paul George is playing that game. Guess what? If you have Reggie Jackson on your team, you can feel comfortable having him on your bench if Paul George is playing in that game, right? So there's a situation where you play the matchup and you play, you know, the situation at hand, right? If if Paul George is out, then you put Reggie Jackson in, mm-hmm. so you can make that decision that way. Yeah. I'm not as sold, man. I, to me, he's a streakier guy than, than I know. I know. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Gorgie Jane than Reggie Jackson, to be honest with you. But listen, you listen, know, man. Not, all right, yeah. Edmund Sumner. Hold listen, on. Ed, listen. Yeah, listen. But at least, listen. at least, at least he owned his Edmund, though. He owned the Edmund. <laughs> he, uh, look, no, no, no. I'm not, is he, was, is he it was, Edmund or Edwin? No, Edmund. 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 Like Chase Edmonds. Okay. Listen, I'm going to own my Gorgie Dang, but I just want to say this about <laughs> Reggie, dude. Listen. His last four games, six points, 23, eight, and 26. And you're right. In the 26 and 23-point game, he combined to go 18 for 26. And the two stinkers, he went five for 15, dude. So when he's hot, he's hot. When he's not, he's not. And to me, I'm dude, that's a, Reggie, man. I'm smoking, smoking that Reggie, Reggie dude. And, and and that's the problem here, man. <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, He's going to give you some seeds and stems, dude. So it's, it, I'm out. You know what's crazy? It's crazy that Kawhi is not sitting on back to backs yeah. all of a sudden. Like, he, and same with like Westbrook. Like, people were avoiding these guys at the beginning of the season because they were sitting on back to backs last season. They're just not. And they're just, they're like balling every night. Yeah. Now Westbrook it's, and now it's, and now it's their team. It's their teammates that are sitting, right? It's Beal and it's Paul George. This is kind of like off off topic a little bit. Can you just mention how good Kevin Durant looked back after missing a long time? In limited minutes, it looked like he was just it was just so easy, right? And the, <laughs> the Brooklyn offense just flowed so well. It's scary, man. Like I just don't know who that who can guard the like if you take away two, you still got the other one that's still a cheat code. So it's like I yeah. what can you do? And if it's not like Joe Harris. Harris is a bum. Joe Harris is so yeah. good. Like if they're if they're healthy they're deep, and if, if Harden gets back and healthy for the playoffs, I don't know that anybody in the East is it, nobody in the East is gonna I don't even think the Sixers are gonna, you know, play with the play with the Nets. But I, I mean, can you imagine a Lakers Nets finals? Man, that'd be so fun. Mm-hmm. I actually so much don't think that the Lakers. I actually so don't think that the Lakers are going to get there, man. I, I think that they're 
you can't discount LeBron and AD, man, but I, I'm concerned at the fact that they haven't played for a while. And True. the way that the, the Suns look, the, the Nuggets Suns look like they're the Nuggets look like they're hitting their stride at the right time when they got some long length defensive mm-hmm. players. I don't know, man. I, I think that the Lakers are gonna struggle this year. <laughs> this crazy West, too. That West is deep. Because I got to say, there, there's a couple guys, like I've been really vocal on Twitter about like LaMarcus Aldridge. And I think LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, I think they're super overrated on Twitter. Like they're good, but they're not like they used to be five, six years ago. Uh, but they look really good. And LaMarcus Aldridge, like the perfect compliment to that team. Blake Griffin's dunking ever. I don't know where this came from. Um, so You know, so it's, reju- gonna- it's, re- it's rejuvenating for these yeah. older guys to play on a competitive squad with Actually, yeah. KD, KD, Harden, and Kyrie, right? right? They're, they're going to playoffs. They're like, they got a chance at a ring. Like, like Blake Griffin's like been with like bum ass Detroit and you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like in LA well, Marcus, the when they're back Marcus the Aldridge is actually playing defense now. Like he's, he never played yeah. defense for the Spurs. Like, I don't know. They just look like they're, they know that they're going to get limited minutes and they're, they're, they're playing well in that time that they're getting, but like, are they going to give you 30 minutes and give you the production that they used to? Absolutely not. But no. it's serviceable, right? They don't need, they're not going to be asked to do much, which I think is the best thing for them. For fantasy. Right. So for, so bringing that to a fan, tying it into a fantasy perspective, like I don't need those guys on my team. It's, and it's just like, it's like Carmelo Anthony. I was looking this morning, Carmelo Anthony, for whatever reason is still 44% rostered. And I don't, I have Crazy. no idea why it's like, over, it's over so many guys with such high upside and, and, and he's doing nothing for you, especially with, you know, McCollum back. Like there's no minutes there for him off the bench. He's not doing anything. Like cut bait, like you're not winning your fans championship with Carmelo Anthony on your roster. You're not. Right. So speaking of that, one to flip to another guy that's been pretty popular that I think his luck might be running out. The Toronto Raptors, Malachi Flynn, rookie. Uh, is he a rookie? I believe he's a rookie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, news is out that Kyle Lowry could be making a return. Uh, Fred Van Vliet still dealing with a hip injury, but he's been very useful for fantasy managers over the course of the past couple weeks. Raptors play four games next week. So they're, if he's out there, he still should be useful for the time being. But after that, in the following week, the first week of the playoffs, the Toronto Raptors only play two games, two games. So if you're in a position where, you know, you're trying to look for the long haul here, I don't know if the Raptors are really where you want to be come playoff time here's a really yeah that's a great point so here's a really hot take right so you say they play two games the first week of the playoffs but then they play five the following week so consider where you are in the playoff standings if you need to win the first round of playoffs if you don't have a buy then you have a chris boucher type guy he's a drop because the raptors play two games but if you have a buy that week that the raptors play two games and you have a guy like boucher the next week when you play in the playoffs Boucher plays five games. So that's, he's not a drop in that situation. So understand how many games a team plays, understand if you have a buy or if you don't and make decisions based on that. Same with Gary Trent. Add him to the Boucher. Yes. Like, like you can't, you can't drop like Siakam and Van Vliet, even if they only play two games, obviously that that's terrible. Like the the luck there is just terrible. If you have Siakam and you got to play in the first round of playoffs, you got two games, Like nobody wants that. But mm-hmm. that's that's what the you should have known that when you drafted Siakam in the beginning of the season. Right. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because fantasy football, you know, is is obviously has, has been so much more popular than fantasy basketball, and it's been for years. And fantasy basketball is starting to become 
a little bit more normal and a lot of more people are joining uh, over the last couple of years. But that's interesting because when we all draft our fantasy football teams, we're all looking about the playoff, like week 14, 15, 16. And like that actually influences a lot of our decisions. And obviously it's 16 weeks. So it's like a little bit easier to look at, but that's maybe something we need to start doing more. And I'm speaking to myself here because I don't look 17 weeks in, in NBA to see like who would be the, you know, who plays limited games in the first round of the playoffs. So that's something that to your point, Adam, that's, that's really brilliant. One caveat though, the second half of the NBA schedule was released like mid season. Stands right. <laughs> but it won't but, be though. But, right. You're right. In the future. Right. hundred percent. When COVID's um, gone. Right. Yeah. They told, they told me that a year ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. So yeah, I just want to switch gears real quick. Your guys' initial thoughts on on Paul Pierce getting fired from ESPN <laughs> for smoking blunts with strippers. Um, I'll give my first my two cents. I, I actually think that this is uh, there was some behind the scenes thing going on here where he just wanted to be fired and he just did the most to make sure that it got it happened. Because look at Paul Pierce, man. He's a Hall of Famer. He's probably made what two hundred million dollars in his career. He doesn't need a job from ESPN. There's probably some something going on that he was like, man, I'm out. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some crazy shit to just get to just get noticed real quick. And I mean, this is what NBA players do. Like James Harden is in a strip club every every city he goes to. So like this isn't weird. Like I don't know. I think it was just Disney being Disney. You know, you, if you're playing for Mickey Mouse, man, you gotta play by a different set of rules. I'm not saying this because I'm a Heat fan and I hate Paul Pierce. I hate Paul Pierce because I hate Paul Pierce. But he he was awful. <laughs> At his job as an yeah, ESPN he wasn't analyst. Very good. He, he was like, very regular. There was times I'm watching ESPN countdown or something, and he's talking about it. He's doing game highlights that he never even watched. He never watched the game. Like, let I'll do it for a hundred bucks. Just call me, I'll do it. But like that, that is honestly like he should have been gone. And to your to your point, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they had already fired him and he just went out with a bang and made it look like, oh, you know, look what I'm doing. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking it could have. I was thinking it could have been that Burns. Like they fired him on the low, and then he did that to like yeah. make it make it look Same like base. yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. It's funny though. Those memes. Like I, there's a couple of memes and stuff that I've been seeing on Twitter that are just it's getting me. It's making me laugh. The Airbnb one was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that one? <laughs> that, <did>. yeah. <laughs> that was too good. So yeah, people Burns, are so creative. So creative. I totally agree with you though, man. Um, he was just a hater, right? Like he was yeah. just the biggest LeBron hater, never one to own up to stuff. So yeah, I don't really care too much. But yeah, to take it home, man, I just want to give a shout out to DMX, man. He changed my, he was probably one of the most influential rappers for me growing up. I was too young for, to really appreciate Biggie and Pac when they passed away. But I feel like DMX was much like Allen Iverson in terms of the way that he changed the culture for hip hop and the way that it meshed with the NBA. Every time I was a kid, if I had to put on some hype music, it was usually DMX that was getting me riled up. And he just had a really great way of, of preaching, not only about mental health, spirituality, and, and being, going through tough times and still making it popular and mainstream. He was a really great dude, man, and uh, really disheartening to see him go. I've been listening to his music all, pretty much all day uh, since yesterday. This is much like one of those things where a major artist dies. So just feel like I need to air that out. Tyson in 99 came out to DMX and it was like the rawest entry entrance like ever. <laughs> just would have been scared for my life coming out to DMX music. <laughs> um, and then to face Mike Tyson is just, oh man, bad. I'm definitely, I'm definitely getting a workout in after this podcast yeah. when, I, when I hear this music. Yeah. L- little fancy fit club? Dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's breeze past that. I'll, I'll say I, I'm not super familiar with DMX. Um, I've been listening to rap and hip hop my entire life. Have not gotten familiar with with DMX, but I think I need to now. Um, something I've seen on Twitter um, since I'm not so familiar with him is like there's been so many random videos of him like in another country just dancing with like another culture and like just so many random videos are popping up but it just seems like he was a really good guy so rest in peace all right fellas we'll see you next week we'll talk fantasy playoffs we'll holla at you peace